I think this is the last podcast we're ever doing. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the X and Iron Podcast. I am Chris Cash from Mount Phillip Metalworks, joined by my co-host Roy Scott from Vintage Axeworks. We are doing a solo episode today, so to speak. We have some great guests lined up for next week, and Roy is making all kinds of fucking noise with his hand because he's an asshole. But yeah, we have a bunch of great guests coming up next week, and uh, yeah, I'm going away for a couple days, for five days actually, and when, five I get days? Back, when I get back, we'll be recording with some amazing guests that I'm super excited about, and I hope all you guys get excited about as well. So dude, listen, we need to, we really need to sit down and line up our schedules, because at the end of this month, I got a lot of shit going on. Um <laughs> so I don't, we just, you and I need to talk about all that scheduling kind of stuff. Cause I, I'm we'll going to be, um, we'll just record 20 episodes next week and then we, we can be off for the next couple of weeks. That's fine. That's, <laughs> I, 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 no, I, I hear you. I hear you. So it's fine. we'll get it all worked out. No so big deal. Messer and, uh, Matthew justice, they're coming down and we're going to oh, awesome. have a sausage party. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna cook sausage in a sweaty van all the way down to North Carolina. Um, For so those of you that can't can't see the uh, the uh, video, uh, Roy is currently currently has a shirt on that says Eastern Washington University Cow Tipping Team. <laughs> so that tells you uh, anything about where Roy went to school. He went to Eastern Washington <laughs> University. <laughs> no, so what are you guys gonna do? Are you guys gonna go tip cows or what? No, we're just – I've talked about it on a couple of episodes before that we're just going to hang out and, you know, just camp and drink beer and just shoot the shit about axes. So that's going on, I believe, next week. Uh, I think it's – we're leaving on Thursday, coming back on Sunday, and then the this, following – This is the, the trip to North Carolina? Yeah. Is that what and it is? Then, cool. Then the following week, I'm going to fucking Montana uh, awesome. to, do a back, to do a backpacking trip. Um, awesome. And I'm driving out um, because we need two, yeah. we need two cars because we're gonna do a, a through hike, start one point and then end at a different point. Um, so it's like a two day fucking drive. Yeah, I'm gonna be in the woods for nine days and then a two hour two day drive back. So I'm gonna be unavailable for Dude, a that little is bit. Awesome. A lot of people hate driving places, but driving far distances is like I love it so much, dude. I don't know why. I just get I don't know. I guess because I traveled so much when I was a kid, like we, we lived in 36 different states and we didn't fly to every state. So we just drove to every state. So driving cross country was like kind of a normal thing when I was growing up. And I just think it's badass now, especially Montana. Montana is one of the states I've never been to. You've never been to Montana? Never been to Montana. Nope. I want to go to have, Montana. Bad. Have, you ever, have you ever been to like the, and, like the Pacific ahead. Northwest? Well, I was born in Seattle, but that, I mean. What? Yeah. I yeah, didn't know that. There's a lot you don't know about me. And I prefer to keep it that way. <laughs> I prefer to keep it that way as well. No, uh, like Montana, Wyoming are like my two. Oregon, those are like my two or three places that I would like. And I wouldn't even go there for like to do any like the touristy shit. I just want to go like drive and mm-hmm. go look at the landscape and go look at like all the places you can go. I think Yellowstone's amazing and beautiful and I want to go there really bad. Um, I've driven from Kentucky to Spokane yeah. seven, seven times and it's a awesome. third, it's a 30 hour trip. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've driven through Wyoming, um, Oregon. All you have to do is just get, get on highway 101 and drive yeah. from Northern, Northern California to, to Southern Washington and just keep going up the 101. And it's like every turn is a fucking postcard. Like every bin, yeah. it, it could be like a fucking, you know, a Hallmark fucking postcard. Seriously, it's I, just I love absolutely looking, gorgeous. Yeah, looking at different landscapes is fucking incredible. I don't know why I get so excited about that shit. And just like 
looking at like canyons and ravines and stuff like being at, when I was at, we've talked about it before when I was at Ben Snur's place and the landscape around there, it's just insane. It looks like you're on Mars and there's like red rocks everywhere and giant canyons. And I love that kind of shit, man. So that's awesome. So are you going backpacking with like you and your wife or you and a couple of friends or what's the deal? Well, it was going to be with, um, one of my super longtime friends. I've known him for like 30 years, but his, his, uh, job is like fucking them all around. Yeah. They won't let them take consecutive vacations because of COVID stuff that's going on. Oh, okay. So, so he like he said, "Hey, let's go to the Bob Marshall and let's do this, this, and this." And I want you to plan the trip. So I started doing all that shit. Wait, what is the Bob Marshall? It's uh, it's a 1.5 million acre wilderness complex just south of Glacier. Um, uh. So I've been there. This will be my fifth trip in, and every trip's like about a hundred miles on foot. Um, it's just so big and so, um, so massive. And there's so much good fishing out there and just continue to walk and walk and walk and walk. So are you guys um, going to do some fishing? That's the whole point of the trip. Oh, so, cool. but, so my butt, I was like, I started planning this whole freaking trip and my buddy's like, dude, I'm out. I can't fucking do it. So then I was like, well, I'm, I'm going to do it by myself. I've, I've done two solo trips in there by myself before one a 14 day and then one a nine, one nine day trip. Wow. Um, but uh, I've got another friend that uh, he was my roommate. Um, he and I, I, I contacted him. So he's he's got a pretty flexible schedule. So we're actually going to meet up in um, in Montana on a Friday, a Thursday night and then start walking Friday, be out um, the following Sunday. The fishing there is absolutely phenomenal. The South Fork of the Flathead. I've fished a fuck ton of rivers. It's what are we best. catching? Uh, cutthroat trout. Ah, okay. So cutthroat's uh, kind of like a cousin to the rainbow. Um, awesome. And you're not supposed to target or um, uh, fish for bull trout, but there are whole, they're just freaking tons Filled of them up there. Yeah. yeah. And if anyone doesn't know what a bull trout is, bull trout's like the it's like the fucking river wolf of fish. Uh, they they're meat eating fish. They don't eat insects typically, and they get to be 30, 36 inches long. Uh, they're just fucking massive fish, and I've caught a boatload of them. And it's just it's just real good fun fishing. That's badass, man. All on a fly rod. And you guys are going there for how many days? It'll be a nine nine days in the woods. Jesus, that's so awesome. So about six years ago. Uh, or so seven years ago, I took a 14 day trip and I weighed about 30 pounds lighter than I do now because <laughs> I didn't drink yeah, beer yeah. then. Right. And so I only took enough dinners for seven days and I caught fish and ate them the other seven days just because there was not enough. Like, I mean, I'm just, I couldn't fucking carry that much That's goddamn badass. weight. That's kind of cool though. Yeah. I mean, it just puts a lot of extra pressure. Like, okay, I'm fishing for fun. Now it's kind of getting dark. I better keep one. And it's funny in the in the Bob Marshall, you're not allowed to keep any fish over 12 inches. So, nine, yeah, 90 huh. percent of the fish of the cutthroat that you catch are going to be over 12 inches. So it's like you're you're like hoping like I gotta catch a small one. Gotta get it. Give me give a fucking. Why small is one. it? That sounds like reverse of the other other fisheries. Like usually you call the big ones and you let the small ones get big. Why why is it flipped around? Well, there? well because they're unproportionally large fish and it gets a lot of pressure. So if if everyone can keep one or two fish per day, all the big fish are going to be gone. Huh. Interesting. Uh, yeah, the north the northwest they whenever I first moved out there they changed all their fishing regs around. Before it was uh, in North Idaho you could keep there was like a slot you could keep anything under eight inches and anything over sixteen inches. Yeah. But ni- but ninety percent of the fish were going to fall into that slot. So they're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna conserve these fish and and to your point we'll we'll let the guys take the big ones. And they started doing surveys of people that were actually keeping fish. Right. And, and people have they, they catch a fish and they get these big old eyes like, oh, this is a huge fish. It's 16, 17, 18 inches. No, right. they, the game wardens will put a tape on it. Yeah, you're you got a 14 inch fish here and you shouldn't have been keeping it and eating it. So they just changed all of the fucking rules in North Idaho. It's just catch and release only for cutthroat, which Damn. is good. Which is good. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. I, Welcome I'm, to the fishing podcast. <laughs> brought to you by Roy Scott. 
And for all all you fucking guys out there that are going to be asking me what axe are you taking, what hatch are you taking, I'm not fucking taking a single goddamn one. Hell yeah. Uh, I'm taking <laughs> – I take a – I've got three knives that are toss – that I'm like toss up. I got a big Bowie knife that I've, that I've always carried. Then I got a Hawk Creek blade um, that I'm really considering taking. Or I'm going to take my buddy Byron. He made me – did you hear about this fucking knife that he made me? No. He took uh, an old shitty axe head, forged a, a knife blade out of it, and then took the handle from that shitty axe and made a knife handle, made scales out of the piece of hickory. And he tooled out this really cool leather for me. So I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to take that one just because it's the coolest one that I've got. I mean, like just the sentimental value of it. Yeah. Hell yeah, that's badass. So what's up in the shop? What's going on with Vintage Axe Works right now? <laughs> Uh, so I'm kind of scrambling around, uh, trying to get stuff out the door, uh, because in the evenings I'm like playing in all this kind of shit. Um, I just finished, uh, a really, really cool Connecticut pattern, uh, on a 28 inch French curve. Uh, and then I just did a Kelly perfect Jersey, um, for someone super duper cool. And I need to ship that out today. And then I need to make some hatchets. I'm going to do some pandemic pricing hatchets because <laughs> I, I, I've got to move some shit because this fucking 127 yard sale kicked my goddamn ass. Uh, what do you mean? In terms of the bank account. <laughs> oh, oh, I got you. I bought so much shit, talk, dude. Talk about the 127 yard sale for people that don't know. I know what it is because I've actually drove through the States when it's happening. But like, what what is it? It is touted to be the world's or the United States, the longest yard sale in America or the world. I don't know. Uh, it starts in Michigan, goes through Ohio, goes through Kentucky, Tennessee, and ends in Georgia. And it happens the first weekend of August. This is my fifth year doing it. And the 127 is only like 10 minutes from my house. Um, so I have access to several hundred miles very, very close. And it's just, you know, um, individual and the one twenty the 127 means the 127 miles long. No, 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 no. no. It's Highway 127. Oh, okay, okay. I'm it, it's probably hundreds and hundreds, like from Michigan to Georgia, 127 miles. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah. Your geography is terrible. Terrible, absolutely terrible. <laughs> so it's, you have individuals that are having yard sales just like you would, you know, like an everyday yard sale. But then you yeah. have these big, massive tent cities where someone leases like out their flea, land. flea markets or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Huge fucking flea markets. Um, and they have, like, everything under the sun that you can think. And it's so funny how much just junk trash people actually fucking sell at these things. L literal trash. Like, it should have been thrown <laughs> in the trash. It should have been thrown yeah. away. Yeah. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm like power fucking shopping through all these things because it's, it's like playing the odds right uh if i if i drive 30 minutes down the road is there going to be another tent city or should i really focus on this one and and pick through every single thing um i i play the odds it's just like fishing hole yeah. after hole after hole after hole um but like seriously walking around and someone's got some stupid object and in the back of my mind, I'm laughing like, you fucking moron. Why would you buy that? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, like, give me an example of what you're talking about. I, just like wicker baskets or yeah. like fucking, you know. Shit you would burn. Mason, <laughs> like mason jars or I don't well, fucking mason know. Jars have, a lot of people can shit and all that kind of shit. But. Yeah, but they're I know, doing I know it for like, like, like shabby shit. Yeah. You know, just shabby like they want to. Yeah. Whatever, yeah. They, yeah. That's the kind of crap. And then tons of reproduction signs. I fucking hate those goddamn things. And yeah. people buy them. Well, I bought I bought a couple of them. Of course, you I have did. a couple old farm, uh, like old tractor ones. And when I used to raise chickens, I have a bunch of old uh, chicken feed signs because you can't find the shit anymore. So I have chicken feed signs hanging in the barn and old tractor signs and shit. So wait. So you used to raise chickens, and now you got turkeys. Like, had, what's going I, on? So a lot of people don't know, for two years of my life, I had uh, European breed 
lots of chickens I raised. I had 220 chickens at one time. You had Euro chicks? Fucking yeah. yeah. We had uh, 32 <laughs> rabbits and uh, three species of turkey. What? And Where you live right now? Where or? I live right now, yeah, yeah, yeah. I devoted like two years of my life to buying and selling European breeds of so, chickens and uh, heritage breeds, turkeys, and... European breeds of what? rabbits. Yeah, man. Yep. What? So, so tell us. Like, no, come on. You can't just fucking stop there. Like, why? Oh, why did you uh, get into it? Uh, just like anything else you dive into, there was a huge market for that kind of shit where I live. Like, people would want specialty breed chickens either to show or, you know, it's like any other livestock animal or, or uh, show breed of animal. Like, they would actually show chickens and show turkeys and everything. So I was breeding stuff that you couldn't buy, like, at the local store, at the local feed store. So how did you get them? Um, Just kind of fell into it. I bought a bunch of them from a guy that was doing it, and he was getting out of it. And uh, and then it just kind of, like, kept morphing from there. And just I kept picking up different ones and different breeds. And you can find specialty breeds. It's just like, like I said, anything you dive into, like, once you get in that world – you start finding the people that are in this world like yeah. big time. And then you can start like, just like they have ax meetups and tool meetups. They had like chicken meetups and like, Oh my God. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs> so you could go to these places and like there were, you would barter and trade and swap and sell. And they were just called chicken swaps is what they were called. Oh but um, chicken swap. Yeah. So I didn't, uh, you got to remember I'm, t- I'm, I'm 10 miles from the West Virginia border. So, Okay. They could go right into West Virginia and do some chicken swapping. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I got into that, and I was I was doing all these European breeds, and me and my wife were, uh, you know, uh, how, how do I say this? Uh, well, it doesn't oh, matter God. how I fucking say it. We were pairing up specific breeds with each other and hatching all the eggs and brooding all the eggs and everything, and then we'd raise them up from a chick and – you know, because so you were like case. a puppy mill for chickens, a chicken mill. No, not necessarily, because you had to you had to keep them like there were there were non cold weather breeds that you just couldn't leave out in the barn during winter. They would just straight up die because they weren't used to our climate. Mm-hmm. So you'd have to like heat the barn and have water heaters and you know all that good shit. But yeah, I did that for two years. I was like crazy into it, and uh, and then you woke up from the nightmare. No, I. <laughs> Dude, I was starting to get <laughs> overwhelmed with – I was doing 50 pounds of feed every three days. So that's a lot of fucking feed. So how, so many, chicken, like like how many chickens at the top, like, you know, top Two, of your game? 220 we had at one time. What? Yeah, and they were all free range. They weren't um, – they weren't uh, caged or anything like that. They weren't in penned up or on you your know, property had, right there. All my property right here, yeah. And we had uh, the big the the back barn was just completely uh, all chickens all the time. And we had to deal with like anybody that has chickens and stuff. We had to deal with like predators and stuff. And since we had so many that were free range, we had to deal with foxes and bobcats and hawks and all that kind of crap. So, but on a so on a on a money scale to talk about uh, specialty breed yeah. chickens, some uh, Swiss birds and um, some stuff from Germany, you could get ninety to a hundred bucks a bird, you know, and it okay. only takes uh, twenty one days for an egg to hatch. So if you keep that like rotation going, you know, you raise the chick up and to you know. From from the day it hatches to a month or two months old, you're essentially talking about like ninety bucks a bird, depending on the breed. You know, average was like thirty five to forty dollars a bird, but sure. you know, just keep swapping around and like, you know, getting different breeds, getting desirable breeds, uh, stuff that people like in the city, and like real pretty birds, real colorful birds, and all that kind of shit. So yeah, so then I did that for a while. I did that for two years straight, nonstop. Like I devoted everything to it. And uh, was that your full-time gig? No, it wasn't my full-time gig. No, I was still doing uh, metal work on the side. But I mean, I was doing metal work full-time. But um, no, the chicken thing was like absorbed every weekend, absorbed every evening. The winter. How long? Like, how long ago was this? Because like uh, this has probably been like 
This is a side of Chris Cash seven, I've never seven years fucking ago. heard of. Yeah, nobody knows that. Like, and I started. Like, <laughs> now you just put it out in the fucking world. Well, yeah, I, I like get, chickens. I get. I'm putting up pictures of these turkeys and everything. And somebody's like, "Oh, okay, Jimmy Duresta." I'm like, "Yeah, yo." I was in this world so deep <laughs> that nobody has any idea how deep I was in this world. Like you were a I, true chicken dude, nerd. There was so we didn't. This this was total. This was total uh, bizarro world. But one day, so all our chickens were free range. We didn't cage them or anything. We penned them yep. up at night when they would go in the barn to roost. But during the day, they were allowed to go wherever they wanted. So they would stop traffic out on the road and like Saturday mornings at like six o'clock in the morning, he'd burp, burp, burp. And I had this turkey, his name was Tommy. He was like a dog and you could call his name and he would run up and sit on the porch with us and stuff in the morning, drink a cup of coffee, super cool bird. But anyway, uh, uh one day in the, the local newspaper, this article got written mm-hmm. about all the birds. We weren't home. We were at work and all the birds are just like free range. And there's all these weird, exotic, crazy looking birds. And the head king of it all was this turkey, Tommy, he was, he was beautiful, but um, he was a royal palm turkey, so it was a uh, all white oh, bird yeah. Yeah, with the yeah, black yeah. feathers. Yeah. So <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the newspaper writes an article about our place, says nothing to us, doesn't make contact with us, nothing. Really? And my wife, like, yeah, like uh, my wife's grandmother and uh, everybody, they 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 read the paper every day. I don't read the paper, but they were like, oh, we've seen your place was in the paper, and I'm like. The fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, apparently, some news reporter came out here, took a bunch of pictures, wrote up a oh whole my big, God. a whole article about all our birds. Never said a word to us about it or anything, and I, we just found out by like it was in the paper one day. But that was pretty funny. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Chris yeah. Cash, also the, known as Chris Chris Exotic, <laughs> the, the Chicken King, goddamn Carol Baskin. No, but, uh, yes, yeah, so no, I did that for a really long time. I got burnt out on it and it was just like freaking everything was birds all the time. And there's a lot of cleaning and a lot, just like any livestock when you have, I'm not bitching about it. I had a fucking blast doing it. It was fun. We had ducks for a really long time too. We had 20 ducks and we had, so a, you're just, ma- you're just dipping your toe back in it now. Well, because you no, miss these my, birds so much. Nope. My buddy Kevin was getting, uh, he had too many birds and he kind of lives in the city. And he's like, hey, you want you want these birds? I don't really want them anymore. He's like, I got two turkeys and a couple chickens. And I said, yeah, no problem. And he tried pawning off his ducks on me, and I don't want, I don't, dude, ducks are the dirtiest bird on the planet. Really? Like, oh, dude, they're such a pain in the ass. But anyway, enough bird talk. That's how I got back into the birds. So I've had birds for a really long time. I got out of it. It all started with rabbits. It all started with oh my. Birds. So if you look up what Flemish giants are, we used to have this rabbit breed called Flemish. Oh giants. yeah, yeah, yeah. They're huge. I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Okay, so we had a, we had one we had a female that was 25 pounds. That's fucking big for a fucking rabbit, dude. That thing, that thing was bigger than some dogs, dude. So uh, yeah, not, we, not bigger than that head of yours. Ah, <laughs> no, the, head, the head's up around 30, 35 pounds. God, but anyway, you... we started out around uh, with the rabbits, and then it just kind of transitioned into birds, and we did that shit for like. I don't know, two, three years, something like that. And then I was just like, fuck all this. I don't want no more animals out here. And we had the donkeys for a really long time, and we had emu and sheep. and. Oh, my God. I did not know that you were yeah, farming press. Yeah, I, had... I was I was into it heavy when we first bought this place, and then I just kind of, like, got burnt. It's the wintertime's the hardest, right? So, like, keeping water unfrozen and, mm-hmm. you know, just going out in an ice storm. Like, they got to eat. They got to yeah. drink water. They they don't give a shit if it's fucking 20 below zero in an ice storm. They want food and water. So, right, right, right. Yeah, everybody that owns a little farm or has a big farm, they know how it is. The wintertime is the roughest, and I just got burnt out on it. So we just basically got rid of everything. Or a lot of it, what was happening was we had a ton of predator attacks one day, which is mm. kind of crazy. We had, like, a family. We were sitting on the porch. It's still daylight, and we have a family of foxes come up and take like five birds right in front of us i'm like screaming yelling running <laughs> off the porch i'm like hey you mother <laughs> like, but uh yeah so that was the that was the chicken thing and roy's gone oh you're back you know you're frozen all right so yeah um do the exotic ones taste any different than the non-exotic ones we never ate any of them Never? No, that we didn't raise. So, so the 
the birds that people eat are called brooders, and we didn't we didn't mess with those. We didn't mess uh-huh. with those at all. We had a couple of white leghorns, which are your production uh, egg layers. That's what all the big egg company uses to you know make eggs for mm-hmm. the grocery store. And um, yeah, we had a couple white leghorns, but uh, yeah, the eggs were delicious. We we were getting so many eggs that we couldn't. We couldn't give away as many as we were getting a week. It was pretty crazy. So is there something called a silky chicken? Silkies are <laughs> – right, Here we go. Silkies are the dumbos <laughs> of birds, man. All right. The, that's the only one. I, that's the only so one I know. All the women, <laughs> all the women out there, love them and their little, their little tiny coops they put behind their houses in the city and everything, and they're real docile birds. But the roosters can be a pain in the ass. Actually, Jimmy, the one, the one rooster that Jimmy has that's a pain in the ass. He's a silky, but I can't stand those birds. They are the dumbest freaking birds. Like every night, all the chickens would go into the barn. Like as the sun was going down, not the silkies. They'd stay out and be fox food. <laughs> <laughs> my wife would look out the kitchen window she says there's three birds out in the field you gotta go get them and I, I just look out there and i could tell they were all silkies i'm like you gotta be kidding me but yeah they were a pain in the ass but yes yeah, silkies are like uh they were and, and that was a good bird to sell too i mean i hated them so i love selling them because like right. you, could, you could get rid of them so fast like they would bring 40 50 bucks a bird wow yeah Depending on the color and stuff and all those uh-huh. different factors. But yeah, welcome to the Fishing and Chicken Podcast. <laughs> Have you ever been to Hawaii? I lived in Hawaii for six years, dude. I did not know that about you either. Yeah. What? Hawaii so was went... the longest place I've ever lived before I lived here. So you're familiar with all the freaking chickens on Kauai, right? They're no. just fucking everywhere. No. You're not. No, I'm not. Fu- you seriously not? I'm not. I'm dead serious. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, the the fucking island is overrun with uh, chickens and roosters on Kauai. I don't. I don't. I don't no know snakes. why. No snakes well, and no natural predators. They they. I think the the story was they got um, like they like you know they were in fucking crates and stuff in the early 1900s or something like that in ships. Right. And, they got loose and fucking multiplied, and now they're everywhere. <clears throat> Why did you bring that up? Just because of the chicken story? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that was leading somewhere. No. No. <laughs> so what about you? What's going on at the fucking shop? Power hammer stuff? Oh, uh, power hammer stuff. Jesus Christ, it's power hammer. So, yesterday on the 100-pound little giant, I was like, yo, let's put this freaking power hammer together. I got my parts back from the machinist. I got everything but the electric motor. So I'm like, we're going to put this thing together. I'm going to start mocking up the electric motor mounts. We're going to have this bitch fired up by the end of the month, maybe. So I put, we put the whole thing together and I'm looking <clears> at the top of the linkage and there's a uh, piece on the top called a cross ramp or cross head, cross ramp, cross head, something like that. Anyway, it uh, lines up all the linkage for the ram. Okay. I put it on and I'm like, Something is not right. Everything's crooked. Everything's out of alignment. Looking at him, stand back. The boys are looking at him. Oh, this might be wrong. This might be wrong. Send Andrew a video. I say, Andrew, I need your help. No, fuck. What's going on here? So I end up taking everything back apart. Take this whole fucking thing. Take all the spring pressure off. Take all the linkage off. Take the head off. Everything's heavy on this goddamn thing, right? So it takes two of us to move one piece off of it. Mm-hmm. So I get it all off, and I get this cross ram off, and this cross ram has a shaft that slides up through the middle of it. Everybody that has a little giant will know what I'm talking about. It comes off the front of the flywheel. There's a shaft that goes up, and this cross head goes on it. So the casting in this cross head, Ilya kept telling me the casting's bad. I was like, there's no way the casting's bad. So this hammer was in pretty bad shape. It came from a factory that made um, camshafts for mm-hmm. Chrysler, Chevy, and Ford. You're talking and, a lot about shafts here, man. In the 40s. So <laughs> this thing was in pretty bad, bad shape when we got it. So I did all the necessary things to make it right again. Basically, everything's brand new, brand new bushings, brand new guides, brand new pins, everything. So we figured out why it's in such bad shape is because the casting on the crosshead is crooked as fuck. Oh, that's awesome. Crooked. Yeah. So I take it all back apart. We pull the shaft out of the crosshead. We look down the hole, and the hole is literally, like, not even a little bit off. It's, like, majorly off. And it's a main component of what 
makes this hammer run true and run right, makes all the linkage free and everything. So all these years, this hammer is built in 1945. It was never right from the factory. The casting was bad. And they ran it like that for all these years, which holy fuck, which ruined all the guides, which ruined all the pins, which ruined all the bushings, all the bronze, everything on this hammer got ruined because of one single piece. So, so how, how so what are you going to do to fix it? Or are you going to have, I got a, luckily I got like a world renowned machinist that lives right down the street from me. So I freaking took it to him. He's, he does all my machining stuff. He had to machine the clutch on this thing. He's, freaking great guy he's been doing it for like 50 years literally and um he uh is going to machine it out for me and sleeve it and do whatever it needs to do to make it perfectly straight and level and correct but yeah it's just like everything i do to this damn thing there's like a little problem here a little problem there we're like 90 percent there and then i gotta go like 20 percent back and yeah. now we have the ha- the entire hammer disassembled um, and I'm going to do while it's disassembled, I was kind of brushing some things off that I was like, ah, it doesn't really need that, but yeah. now it's completely back to bare bones again. So now I'm just going to like, so th- when the hammer's done, it is going to be like a brand new hammer with the exception of that shitty ass casting piece, which I sent to all the power hammer guys. And I was like, yo, you ever seen this before? And they were like, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> no, yeah. Nobody's ever seen one that bad. So, uh, once that gets so fixed. how how difficult would it be to to find a new casting instead of hmm. machining yours out? You can still buy them. They're you can buy them brand new from Little Giant. They're three hundred fifty bucks. So but, clearly the machine shop's going to charge less. Yeah, he's going to charge less, and it's right down the street. I don't have to mess with any of the crap shipping that's going on in this country right now. But, oh God, um, yeah, yeah. And then I did – so that's it with the power hammer shit. Hopefully. So hang on. So yeah. initially you were going to restore or fix whatever, refurbish this power hammer, and then you were going to – This thing is a 100% restoration. It's down to bare fucking frame. Like we have done everything to it. There is not going to be an old original piece on this fucking hammer. The only so, thing that's going to be original is the head. That's it. Everything else is brand fucking new. So – you were going to sell it, right? No, no, no. This hammer was for me. This is the hammer that I wanted for a long time. This is a 100-pound little giant. It's like right there in the sweet spot where it's not too big. It's not too small. It's got a uh, – the throat depth on it between the dies is relatively high, which is uh, kind of desirable because you can put tooling under there and you know mm-hmm. uh, punch holes and stuff readily, real easy. Like you can't do that with my 50. So no, I want to keep this hammer. Um, but if it keeps fucking pissing me off, somebody <laughs> might have somebody might have the opportunity to buy a brand new hundred pound little giant. Thank God. <laughs> no, but it's gonna be literally back to fucking brand. It's actually gonna be better than the factory. It'll be better than when the factory put it out because I also put in. So the head is uh, uh, drop forged and the guides are cast iron. I actually took the cast iron and put bronze guides on it now, so everything's going to be bronze to steel mm-hmm. instead of just steel to steel or steel to iron. So, yeah, it's going to run like son of a bitch. It's going to be nice, dude. I can't wait. So here, so here's the big question. Was it worth it? 100%. Well, 100%. Really? Red. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so dollar amount-wise, these hammers go for like 10000 to 12000 bucks, depending on condition. I have okay. – uh, I'll be in it for okay. like – I don't care. I'm transparent about this shit. I'll be in it for like seven grand. Seven thousand dollars. Yep. That's a lot of money. It is. But uh, so going back to like like saying that's a lot of money, you could make like so do it do it by a day do it do it by a day perspective. No, I mean like, I, I get it. I get you it. You could make five hundred dollars a day on that hammer making yeah whatever yeah, you make. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So. It, a lot of guys say that, yeah, that is a lot of money, and just like anvils are a lot of money, and it, all fucking tools that make you money are a lot of money. But the amount of money, the return on your investment is significantly higher. Plus, I'm not like banging around in a hobby shop like Harry Homeowner that's doing so, it on the yeah, weekend. That's exactly what I was going to yeah. bring up. It's It sounds expensive to me because yeah. it would just be for a hobby type thing, but right. you are using it to fucking make money. So. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be part of – it's going to be an integral part of the business, and 
that's going to make work more efficient, more productive. You can work bigger stock, which is fucking awesome. I mean, we got the Anyang too, which don't get me wrong. You can fucking, I just got a thing for mechanical hammers. I think mechanical hammers are fucking badass as opposed and, to. And you're probably going to still keep your 50. Oh yeah. 100%. Yep. Yep. Cause the 50 has got a sweet spot for me too. I mean, yeah, it, it's, sure. it does, it does great with everything I needed to do. The hundred's just going to have a little bit more ass behind it. Mm-hmm. So, and eventually, I mean, it's not a, we're going to be, we're going to get more power hammers for the building outside. So I'd love to have another, uh, another little giant out there, either another hundred or, or even a two fifty, which is a giant step up. But, um, yeah, I just love mechanical hammers, dude. How big did they go? Uh, 500 is the Good biggest. God. Yeah. Yep. Andrew's got a couple uh, 500s. Uh, he's had a couple. They didn't make that many of them. I, 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 that had to be like purely industrial stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Government shit, you know, yeah. stuff like that. I mean, yeah. like, like yeah, the, Harry, Helmutter, the... Harry Helmutter didn't have a 500-pound little giant. And they are fucking massive. They are like 12 foot or 10 foot tall or some shit like that. They are fucking tall flywheels like 36 inches around i mean they're a hunk of fucking iron so how does that compare to the nasal or whatever uh those, those sizes totally different totally different kinds of hammers. I, don't, I don't know what the fuck i'm talking about yeah it is, it's just two totally different styles of hammers uh you know they were kind of uh nasals were I, i'm not too familiar with self-contained hammers so i'm not gonna like speak on it like crazy but nasals were kind of built uh they were kind of the taking over mechanical hammers, so to speak all self-contained hammers were but i don't even know what that means uh so like the anyang that we have in the shop now is a self-contained which means it generates its own air inside of it so it's essentially an air hammer so there's a piston that goes up and down that generates air when you step on the pedal a valve opens up to let air come in and push the piston or push the ramp down Okay. And then and just vice versa, as opposed to a mechanical hammer where everything's mechanical linkage and springs and stuff like that. So, yeah, the term self-contained hammer means like everything is right there inside the and actual hammer. And you hook a compressor up to it? And no, no, no. It generates its own air. It so, generates? Yeah. How the, how there's the, a, there's how a, a massive flywheel on the back and a massive piston inside. On the 165, on the Anyang we have. I mean, they get smaller and stuff, but yeah, you don't have to hook your air compressor up to it. It generates its own shit. I'm, cl- I'm clueless when it comes to this stuff. Yeah, I don't know too much about it either, but it's really cool. I like it. It's cool. That's why that's why every power hammer video you ever see of a self-contained, you hear that kind of like a train because it's mm-hmm. it's ex- it's it's sucking in and exhausting air all at the same time. Every hit is doing, you know, think of it like a car piston is pretty much all it is. Yeah. Um, without the without the uh, actual combustion happening. Well, there is, you know, pressure's happening, but it's not like blowing up inside there. But the actual hammer themselves, the like there are Anyang, especially right now where it's like uh, 90 to 100 degrees every single day. The Anyang makes it builds up pressure inside of the chamber and you can feel the temperature of the hammer. It gets super freaking hot on a hot day. Really? Yeah. Yep. Because there's so much pressure built up. That's what's actually sending the ram down. Right. 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 Is air pressure that's built up inside of the inside of the hammer. So think of the frame like the back side of the frame, like everybody knows what a, a a hammer, a power hammer looks like, especially a more modern self-contained hammer. But the back side of the frame is more or less hollow. There's a giant piston that runs on a crank just like a car, and that mm-hmm. piston is going up and down in the back half of the power hammer. Gotcha. So they go they go all the way from shit. There's like stupid size self-contained hammers. I mean, they got big, like two two ton self-contained hammers, four thousand pound grams. God. Yeah. And then we have just 165 pound, and they all get they go all the way down to 30 pounds. So you so can are, get like a little tiny one. So are there people that are just like I'm a self-contained hammer, I'm a mechanical yes, hammer guy? Yes, there is. Yes, there is. There are <laughs> there are guys like that that are like die-hard self-contained hammer guys, and there's guys that are die-hard mechanical hammer guys. But it's for just all like those anything. listeners, you're nerds. You're <laughs> nerds. <laughs> it's just like anything though. Like you kind of like gravitate. You know, you, your thing is American axes, American axes, American axes, and there's guys that are die-hard European axe guys. It's just yeah, like, those guys are dumb. Those 
Those guys it's, what, <laughs> it's whatever your personal preference is. But yeah, the Power Hammer thing is fucking hopefully by the end of I'm not even going to say the end of August because I want the building done by the end of August. But by the end of summer, I would love to have that hammer running. The building, on the other hand, the heat has just kicked our ass. I yeah, haven't I bet. gotten the, uh, the roofing we held off on getting. We got the lumber. We have all the lumber here to do it, but we do not have the roofing just because the simple fact that we are not carpenters. We are not roof builders. So when we go up on that lift and it's 100 degrees out and you have no mm-hmm. shade, it just like whoops our ass. So um, I made a goal. I set myself a goal that told the guys that by the end of August, I want the roof on the building. And Why don't you just fucking call someone? They come out. They got a big fucking coil and just roll for them the whole fucking. Thing. Just... <laughs> yeah, I thought about that, but I'm not. Seriously? Doing that. Yeah, no, I'm not doing that shit. No, call, like, cost is a big thing for me, man. Like we're not, we're not fucking making, we're not millionaires here. That fucking I thought roof, you were. I thought you that... were fucking. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking roof is gonna be, and this is on the cheaper side of roofs. I mean, it's it's corrugated tin. It's gonna be uh, close to three grand just for the roof. So actually it'd be more than three grand. It'd be closer to 3,500. So that's just the roofing, not the actual lumber or anything. So yeah, I mean like we still got to make a living and do shit. I can't like dump every fucking dime yeah. of this goddamn thing. No, I get it. I but, totally get um, it. No, we're cranking right along though. And we're, we're right on schedule to uh, once I get back from this last little brain reset, so to speak, I'm going away for a couple days to the ocean, which I fucking love. And, uh, once I get back from there, I'm going hard for the whole rest of the year as far as, <laughs> yeah, the, you are fucking going hard. Temperatures, <laughs> temperatures going to start dropping. Fall's going to be here before we know it. And God, I can't time, wait. That's the time uh, to really start whooping ass. I cannot wait. Yeah, man, it's going to be good, but yeah, everything's on track. We're doing good. The boys are doing good. They're rocking and rolling. So what about websites. this freaking what about this door thing that you were making? This fucking squid belly oh, thing. So I wanted so I made that I think there is a I could be wrong, but uh I think there's a market for cool ass door handles. Like everybody that's came to my shop oh. and see the, <laughs> see the I'm talking about coming from the guy who's making them. Yeah, there's a good market for them. No, no, no. I'm I think there might be a market for them because people aren't doing them, right? So like you go to like your your big box retail store like Home Depot and you need a shop door handle, like you're gonna get some bullshit yeah. cast Chinese garbage and like yo, this is like your place where you're going you're gonna be out here every yours, so to speak. Like you're going to be out there every single day. Wouldn't it be cool to, like, I mean, I thought, so let me tell you about the door handle thing. There's a story behind this. Okay, here so, we go. like, seven years ago, this guy, no shit, it was way longer than that ago. It, it doesn't probably, fucking matter. It doesn't matter. This guy was uh, clearing out an old house that had a wine cellar in it from the um, 1800s. Okay. And, uh, all the walls were poplar, and I don't know what the actual door's made out of. But it had all the old hardware on it and everything. And he calls me up and he says, I got all this wood. I don't know what the hell to do with it. Do you want it all? And I'm like, yeah, I'll come over and take it. So I get, I, I'm getting the wood and we just got this place. So I was like, I'm going to need lumber around here to like build shit. So I get this, all this lumber and we, it's a huge stack of lumber. He, he tore down all the shit out of the basement. Does this story have an ending? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> so we pile all this lumber in the back of my truck. And the last thing there is this door laying up against the wall. Okay. And I'm like, hey, does this door go too? And he's like, oh, yeah, I was going to keep it because it has all the old hardware on it. But if you want it, go ahead and take it. Okay, cool. So we loaded the door up. So I had this door like before my shop had doors on it because the, the shop I'm currently in used to not have doors. Like it was just open front. Nobody knows that. It was like a lean-to car garage carport more or less mm-hmm. so uh, the whole time i had With- this door floating around the property and i'm like i'm gonna fucking use this door as my shop door one day i'm gonna have doors on this fucking building and this is gonna be my shop door so i put the that day came i put the shop door up i was like oh it's badass this is cool this thing's from the 1800 and it's like the door to my shop it's like when i open this door it's fucking fucking magic's gonna happen behind this door right <laughs> So, oh, okay. <laughs> I made this cool ass door handle for myself when I really didn't know what I was doing. I kind of showed it on my store the other day. It was like a squid, squid tentacle popping out of this plate with these rivets all around it. And that was the door handle in my shop. Everybody that comes over was like, 
for years, they've always said, well, years, five years, probably six years, everybody says, oh, man, this is like the coolest freaking door handle. Where'd you get it? I'm like, what? What the fuck you mean where'd I get it? <laughs> I got it right damn here, right off this anvil. So, uh, yeah, no. So then I was like, I had, I had, with the Dragon Twist, I had a couple guys, since I've started doing those in the last year, ask me to make door handles for them. And I did. I made just like straight up door handles. So then I was like, oh, let me get, let me get a. Uh, let me get a little better at this, you know, let me make some cooler door handles with some cooler backing plates and shit. So I think that wouldn't you want a kick-ass door? I mean, I think it's a cool aesthetic piece that, so I started making this like this squid thing last week with a little bit of free time that I had. And I was like, yo, this is going to be like a kick-ass like squid tentacle coming out of a porthole. Got some mm-hmm. cool grind work on it. Got a couple more, you know, it was only one to begin with. And then I added another two, but yeah. If anybody wants a squid door handle, <laughs> so so why did you? I I noticed that you put the 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 other ones on there. Um, yeah, I, I would start it out as just one. So why did you do the others? It didn't. It didn't aesthetically. It didn't look right. The you don't think the plate was too big for the size. So that's a one inch, and and it's hard for me to. Uh, show these the perspective on these photos is terrible because my anvil is 600 pounds everybody right. thinks it's like 200 Just pounds a, right. so when they when they get the item they're like holy shit this is big i'm like well yeah i, mean, I shouldn't take pictures just of stick it. your head next to it to give no, it some that would be point of that would be <laughs> not no good but anyway the plate the plate was like i think the plate is eight inches around and um just the one tentacle came coming out of it looked kind of aesthetically weird just like one single so i added two more to it and it's mostly fabrication work with some uh blacksmithing techniques and stuff but it's just just forged and fabricated stuff but i think it's pretty cool everybody else seemed to pretty pretty well dig it but you're you're an excellent blacksmith shut the hell up roy but i want to uh, get i want to uh i want to start selling those i think they're cool i think if people have an interest in them it's something that i can provide that maybe a lot of people aren't even thinking about doing so you, i like different shit i think too much shit's being regurgitated in the community yeah for sure so, so but um so i assume that on your shop door you have some sort of locking mechanism on there like a deadbolt or something um You've got so a lot okay, as, old as, my, <laughs> as old as my as old as my shop and my property and everything looks. It is like wired to the teeth with 2020 technology as okay. far as cameras and alarms and shit like that. So, yeah. No, so, so I'm just thinking like, yes, there's a lock. Yes. There's so lock. You, you go. There's to, an old medieval style, big, giant freaking lock on the front of my door. Yes. So you unlock it, and then you're just using this to, to pull it. Yeah, yep. It's a door pull. I mean, it is it's, it's exactly what I say it is. I mean, it's, but I think doing that, like, uh, for your could shop you, or for your could garage. Could you make you, one that actually, like, actuates and has the mechanisms to 100%. actually? 100%. Yeah, you, 100%. you could do that? Absolutely. Have you well, ever done I wanna it before? I want to fucking, I want to punch you in the face right now. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever done yes. it? Yes, yes. 100% I've done it. You've made a little clicky dude. I was in the chicken business, man. I got barn door handles out there that I've made and shit. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, like oh, thumb latch nice, door handles and shit. Yeah, yeah. Nice way, to, nice way to tie it all in, bitch. I have that shit on the <laughs> barns outside of the shit I've made that are like thumb latch door handles and old-timey kind of click-clack. You know, well, dude, make, like make a big tentacle that like moves like a couple of inches like... <laughs> That would be all, like a ratcheting thing. <laughs> yeah. That if somebody wants cool. it, I'll fucking make it. But um, you, you couldn't make that, could you? Sure. Absolutely. Roy, I can do any fucking thing you want. Well, not you want, but anything that you <laughs> want. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, man. So, yeah, I'd uh, like to, uh, for those of you listening, if you're interested in a custom door handle for your shop... Contact Mount Philip Metalworks. Oh. <laughs> no shame, no, no fucking shame. shame at all. So how? Let, let's just say the big giant tentacle moved up and down. What 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 was the mechanical stuff that have would have to go into that to actually make it click and lock and everything? Click and lock and everything. 
there's yeah. a bunch of there's a there's a bunch of different ways to do it. There's really 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 simple ways, and there's really really intricate ways to do it. So like if you just wanted it to like actuate a latch on the other side of the door that slid behind a piece of lumber, you know, to lock that like secure the door, that's super super simple to do. If you wanted like some clank 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 medieval shit, yeah, that's yeah. that's a bit different to do. Yeah. Well, There'd be so all describe gear. Describe that. Be, There'd be gears behind there with teeth on them and a latch mechanism that gives you your click, 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 click actuation that you're looking for. But yeah, no, that wouldn't be too bad to do. That sounds awesome. And the whole big tentacle would move up and down. That just sounds so much cooler. Click, 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 click. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm just trying to to I mean to make it more interactive. Yeah. Yeah. What what I you did you. is like, meh, it's all right. But if it would move. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. No, I get you. I, and it's something I thought about, too. It's like, but then you fall into this category. It's like, okay, if I spend a week, so to speak, designing a kick-ass door handle like that that's going to move and has all these mechanisms behind it that actually function and do something to, like, lock or secure the door, is somebody going to give me a thousand bucks for that? You know what yeah. I mean? It's like you have to figure, you have to, you have to pick and choose your battles. It's like that's you, a balance. I get it. Yeah, it's a balance. It's just like it's just like doing architectural work. It's like a lot of mo- modern blacksmith shops now MIG weld everything, but they give you the illusion that they're forge welding everything. You know, because people don't pay for forge welding anymore. Like that shit's mm-hmm. non-existent. Like people, architectural blacksmithing is all like MIG welded together, TIG welded together, and shit. It's like you have to pick and choose your battles. I feel like you're shitting on those guys right now. Not at all. That's fucking, that is a, that is a market that I want to be in one day, you know, especially once I get this big building up, we just, there's no way I could do a 15 foot railing in in the shop I'm in or a 10 foot gate or something, you know, and that's the kind of shit I want to do. I have a, at the end of the day today, I'm putting an application for a fucking big ass sculpture that I want to be a part of that would solely be me and uh, the town I live in. It would go up amongst these others sculptures and that thing's going to be like fucking 12 foot tall if i get accepted for what's the concept uh it's going to be underwater themed oh that's perfect for you yeah yeah that's your fucking jam yeah that's that's kind of my thing i I don't you know there's like a there's like a there's like a uh kind of a hidden meaning to to it all for me Uh, oh god we're taking a deep dive literally deep dive nope we're not going there but um i don't but no i just love the i don't know why it's something you don't see every day a lot of people do you know leaves and trees and stuff like that but you you can go outside and look at that shit too you know what i mean but but you like the underwater shit like octopus and you know sea creatures and shit like that i don't know why i gravitate well i know why i gravitate towards that but uh i just like that shit and you don't see that much of it and the guys that are doing it like on a on a big scale holy shit these dudes are so fucking talented dude i I cannot wait to get into bigger work because that's the whole reason i started this right i went to matt harris's shop i watch him make Mm -hmm. this big giant sculpture i go home i'm like this is it this is what the fuck i found out what i want to do and you know i just i've done some big shit i've done some pretty big projects but i want to do some like really big shit some really big public art pieces and i'm just not in that world yet which is fine so do you have something in mind that you were like specifically for this thing that you that you want to do? I mean, underwater is that like everyone has to adhere to underwater theme, or is nope. that what you want to do? No, that's what I want to do. Yeah, ah, that's okay. what I want to do. Yep, I want to do this underwater theme. I did a sculpture of a giant squid at Matt Harris's two years ago. That was really cool, and that got auctioned off, and it had some like kelp pieces behind it. And the squid was just like. Looked like he was floating off the seafloor, coming off the seafloor, and everything was attached by just one big giant tentacle. And um, I don't know, I, I, I love the underwater theme shit. So Dallas in on scale. So my the parameters are 15 foot tall by 10 foot wide is your parameters that you have to stay within. So um, we're going to be pretty like, big. It's fucking big, dude. It's fucking big. The the tree that I helped uh, my buddy Aaron do that he's he's actually been a part of this already. We we installed it right before all this COVID happened. He built this magnificent fucking tree with these birds that fly around it and shit. And I want to say that thing was twelve or thirteen foot tall and every bit of eight foot wide. And it was just this massive tree with 
just a couple copper leaves on it that were like fluttering in the wind and these copper birds fly around it. The whole thing is kinetic too. It has to spin in the wind. Some, some portion of the sculpture has to move like in really? the wind. Yeah. So his was the tree. And at the top of the tree, there were these two ravens that were made out of copper and they, oh, they that's awesome. Yeah. The, the, so the, um, the part that spun, I want to say was 12 foot wide. And it was at the very top of the tree. And as the wind blew, these two copper ravens would fly around the tree. So I'm trying to get um, they want to put six more over the next couple of years. Sculptures like that uh-huh. up at the same place. And um, I'm going to try and try and get in there and get one done. So, so they give you a year. To, they give you a year to work on it. And it had like some portion has to move. So like, what's yes. your what's your underwater thing? Like oh, baby I- shark do 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 baby shark. <laughs> you nailed it. That's what it's gonna be. <laughs> so the mom shark is going around the coral, and the baby yep. shark is right. Yeah. <laughs> but no, some form of a sea creature or something is gonna be. F- floating or giving the appearance that it's floating i have an idea how i do how i'm going to do it but i I don't want to discuss it right now because if it doesn't come to fruition then this is all for nothing anyway but um no i got a pretty good idea that it just be a matter of like trying to execute that idea but again you get a year to work on it so that kicks ass you're not under like some sounds fun yeah and especially if we get it uh over the winter you know doing all that hard hot work during the winter Mm -hmm. will be fucking awesome so working on something that big and then we'll have the building has 20 foot ceilings so it's just like uh, i have no problem yeah i have no problem going that high uh one thing i want to do that uh, a lot of shops don't do is i'm gonna actually i gotta make money (laughs) (laughs) i got a lead on uh steel plate uh one inch thick steel plate 20 feet long 20 feet by by 10 feet jesus one single piece and uh I want to put that on the floor outside under the, the new shop to actually weld the whole structure to the floor, right? Mm-hmm. So you can just build, literally build off of the floor. That you know? sounds awesome. Yeah, for mock-up and everything, you could you could weld like support rods right to the floor to like hold this piece up while you weld right. it to the main structure. So that's one of my ideas that, that I have lurking in my head. How and are you going to fucking move that thing? Oh, we can move big shit here. Yeah, one thing about this, where, where we're at, I can move 10,000 pounds. Too. It just seemed like yeah, it's fucking, 20, dude, 20. I haven't showed this fucking table I got. Shit, I'm talking about all this shit, and we didn't even talk about that auction we went to. I forgot it's been so long since we recorded. I got a 15-and-a-half-foot yeah. table out there now. You showed weighs. it on your story. Did I? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. did show that. Yeah, that thing was fucking big. That thing's big as shit. And, and it was total random uh, I, I was telling that I was like, when we get this spot out here, like set up, I want this big layout table out here. Fucking very next day, that thing comes up for sale, and I'm like, holy so, shit. So how are you gonna get a 20 foot piece of steel down the fucking road? I mean, well, it's 20. It's 20 foot long. It's only. Yeah. It's only it's so you only got a like, big. It's eight or 10 foot wide. It doesn't so matter. We can put on. Yeah. You're in a uh, flatbed. Yeah. Oh, he's smiling and we got, smirking. We got, like, <laughs> he, uh, Listen, man, we're in farm country. You can move yeah. whatever the fuck you want to move on the road. There's no like, there's no police out here telling you you can't move something up the road. So it's, like the it's, sh- it's, the shit the farmers bring down the road is way <laughs> sketchier than anything else. <laughs> so it's fairly close to you then. Yeah. Yep. It's really close. Within like 20 minutes. And it oh, just, okay. It, yeah, it's just a matter of putting it on the flatbed and bringing it here. We do have uh you know, access to uh 52 foot low, low boy too, you know, like my you have John, all the cool toys. yeah, I mean, they, John, my neighbor, John, he drives a tractor trailer for a living. He delivers building materials for a living. So, and he, uh. he like owns the truck so he can bring it here like anytime. And it's got the ability to go all the way down to the ground, you know? Wow. So, yeah. That's convenient. He can haul big giant machinery, all that kind of shit. So yeah, moving big shit's not a problem here. Um, it's just like, hey, John, I'll give you a case of beer for moving this around. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I hook yeah. him up. He, he moves all kinds of shit around for me. I mean, the, the farmers out here, the only two guys that I live near is fucking, they're great, dude. They help me out anytime I need it. And they think it's cool. They think all the weird-ass, mm-hmm. crazy shit I bring home is like shit they don't get to see every day. It's like, 
where the fuck did you find that drill press? You know, like bring these giant tools home and shit. So yeah, no, we're having fun. Shit's moving along. I'm going to go to the fucking ocean for a couple days and just take my last little break. Well, Brain. put some sunscreen on, dude. Your head Brain. is so fucking red. <laughs> dude, you know what? This weekend, I went out to the river for two days straight, and I got yeah. cooked. Yeah. You dude, look like a fucking I fool. I can't stay out of the I can't stay out of the water. I can't stay out of the outdoors. Well, I fucking, fucking slather up with some sunscreen, you look, dipshit. Just because you look like powder over here doesn't mean that I can't <laughs> oh, be fucking powder. tan. Oh Matt's my god. Like, you you, so you're pink. not tan. You're exactly you're fucking pink. Pink. You're not tan at all. I, I am lighting now. Like if you look at my dude. No, you're a fucking idiot. I'm tan no. as a motherfucker, dude. Dude, if I came near you, you would look like you would look like the whitest piece of paper that's ever. <laughs> I, if we stood dude, next to each other, <laughs> I put sunscreen on. I got a bald ass. See, I don't ever do that. I got I don't sleeve ever put tattoos. I sunscreen every time I walk fucking outside. I'm outside all the time though. But yeah. um, what else is up? Is that it? Is that pretty much a wrap? Um, I believe Yo, so. Yo, thanks. Just, thank you, Evaporust. Before we go. You. Evaporust, uh, they didn't destroy that vice. <laughs> no, Evaporust has been uh, amazing, and you guys are getting, you guys are going to see some very large things that I'm doing with Evaporust soon. Um, what? I don't yeah, know man. about this. Yeah, it's been a while since we talked, but yeah. Um, but seriously, gonna... it they fucking killed that vice, dude, dude. Dude, it's like a total. So like. There's a, there's a thing when you go to auctions and stuff like I've been going to machinery auctions and shit for years and years. There's there's a certain point where a tool is no longer salvageable. Like I don't care. Like if you want to sp- and when I say salvageable, yes, you could spend a month to two months in your shop getting it back to normal. But I don't want, I don't have that kind of time. And for what what I'm doing, I want to like look at a tool and I can tell you right away if it's going to be something usable or if it's a piece of shit that you're going to have to spend a ton of time on to get run. Yep. So there, so this stuff has like changed my mindset now. Mm-hmm. So like when you see a tool, okay, for instance, I go buy this drill press the other day. I went and bought this giant drill press like two days ago, right down the road. Guy wanted like no money for it. I mean, awesome. he, wanted, he wanted like a hundred bucks for it. It's badass drill press. We're going to use it for the shop. Huge table. It has a 36 by 36 inch table on it. And he wanted a hundred bucks for it. He started at like $400 and kept going down and down and down. And I kept watching it. And thank you to the nine people on Instagram that kept sending it to me every single day. He would drop the price. Thank you very much, gentlemen. I've seen it every day. (laughs) I was watching it. (laughs) So anyway, um, no. Uh, so I went and bought that and I asked him, I said, Hey, you got anything else? He says, Oh yeah, this is my dad's place. He passed away a couple years ago. We're finally starting to clean it out. And it was like one of those typical places where it was like an old barn, old workshop. He was doing mechanical stuff in there. And he had these tools that were like the roof caved in on this one building that mm-hmm. water just came in. and came. So I like start, I'm like, evaporust, evaporust. Yeah. In my head, I'm like, oh my God, I can fix that up. I can fix that up. <laughs> I can make that look nice. So I bought all this really cool shit, which I haven't shown anybody yet. And I got to make a couple trips back. Um, but I bought some really big pieces because he was scrapping everything. So everything I pointed at was five dollars. So, so is this why you called me, motherfucker? You, you're like, I got, I got a line on some axes. Yes, yes, yes. This is the same guy. Same guy. Did you, did you buy them? No, I got to go back there. So he's not, he's not actively selling anything like that. So uh, he just was selling this drill press, and I just happened to pry a little bit and be like, hey, what's up? Let me get back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest. So um, what about all this shit you don't care about? Yeah, what about all this crap back here? So like, I'd point at something, and he's like, oh, give me five bucks. Point at this, oh, give me five bucks. <laughs> I was like, shit, this is gonna be a killer spot. So I buy this this fucking hacksaw, dude. It's this old. Uh, it's an old peerless hacksaw. They're giant. They're cast iron. They have big bases on them. But this thing has been like dumped on with water over the years where the roof has had holes in it and shit. And the guy's yeah. like, I point at this thing weighs easily a thousand pounds. And he goes, God. he goes, I said, how much is that? Just out of curiosity. Well, it's all locked up. You're never going to be able to use it. I said, well, I'll just put it out in my yard. 
Like, that's what I told him. I was like, I'll just put it out in my yard. I just think it's cool. It's kind of, yeah. You know, it has these big iron pulleys on the side because it was, yeah, driven, off yeah, of a, yeah. it was driven off of a flat belt. Mm-hmm. And he goes, I said, is that five bucks? He goes, yeah, give me five bucks for it. Oh, my so God, said, you fucking asshole. So I said, okay. I says, uh, he had a crane in there. And I said, when you get the crane back here, I said, just pull that out for me and call me. I'll come back and get it. And I'd like to dig around some more. You know, the weeds were all grown up and everything. But, um, but yeah, I went and got a couple couple pieces that were really cool. But the whole time in my head, I'm just like, I can put this in the vapor rust. I can put this in the vapor rust. So, yeah, now we're going to do some uh, – uh, the great folks over at Evapor Rust are going to get me some uh, more Evapor Rust, bigger quantities, so to speak, because I want to take this entire goddamn saw and drop it. And just dunk it. it dunk the whole thing because that's how well this shit works but yeah vices hammer oh. i got shit we put shit in there every single day now it is amazing i Dude, love it, that shit it it absolutely is and like i, I, I you said it before uh, to get a product that actually works is mind-blowing and this shit is ridiculous i was talking to fucking neil today on the phone and i was explaining to him uh, about evaporus and and he's familiar with it too and i was like how often do you buy something that actually fucking works and does what it says that it's supposed to do? Yeah. I have wasted so much money on shitbag products that just like you open the package or whatever. Yeah. And you know right away like this is not. Why did I waste my <laughs> fucking money? <laughs> yep. Yep. But dude, I, I wish I'd have found this stuff when I, you know, when I seriously started doing, when I started in the tool game years ago. I was like, holy crap, there's so many. So many tools that I've cleaned up over the years that I could have just yeah. got all that time back. But yeah, so yeah, uh, and like how many wire cup wheels on a fucking exactly, angle grind did you exactly, go through? Exactly. Yeah. So um yeah, I'm working with them right now to hopefully get some some uh more God damn of, dude, you fucking backdoored me on that deal. I want some of that. No, shit. no, I didn't. <laughs> You fuck, what are we gonna do? Are we gonna do put ten thousand axes in there? Jesus Christ! I, I no, got, but shout out to Evaporus for once again, uh, you know, being fucking making an awesome product. That if you guys don't know, we're not bullshitting you. This shit is amazing. It is. Yeah. And so, and that vice project that you did, I mean, it looks. I don't know what the vice was, but it looked really fucking good. Is a ninety-three pound big ass Prentice vice. Looks, it was. It looked. It looked brand new. I know like it. The, I know it was it. a 1941 or whatever, and it looked like the day it came out of the foundry. It was fucking insane. So the before that, and after was like ridiculous. Was that five? Was that five bucks too? No, I actually <laughs> no, I actually had that in my uh, building for a while, and just finally dug it out the other day, and I was like, this is a perfect thing for event for us. And I couldn't quite get it in the bucket because it was larger than the five gallon bucket, mm-hmm. but we made it work. All but right. yeah, that's it, guys. We got some uh, guys and girls. We got some amazing uh, guests coming up in the next week or so, and we're gonna record a bunch of episodes next week for you guys. We appreciate you guys following along. Thanks a me. ton. Thanks a ton, guys. Thanks for all the support. Seriously. Thanks for sharing. Thanks for telling your friends. We're not gonna go. We're not gonna beg you to go leave an Apple review. We're not gonna <laughs> beg you to leave a comment. You don't even have an action on Instagram. God, you're Follow such an asshole. You're such an asshole. On Instagram, nope. <laughs> you can watch him rub oil on eyes. Follow me, Chris Cash, at Mount Phillip Metalworks. For all of us at Action Iron Podcast, we love you guys, and that is a wrap on the axe. And I'm <laughs>